Well, good day, hi, and welcome everybody to another edition. This one of a bit of a twist. You'll find out why uh, of linking the travel industry. We really thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us today. It's very nice to see some familiar faces and some new ones in the audience. Before we continue, just a bit of housekeeping. We do record the session. We absolutely welcome audience participation. So you, if you have a comment on any of the stories we discuss here today, please raise your hand and we'll get you on stage. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm coming to you today out of Nairobi in Kenya, courtesy of, and I have to give them a shout out, BCT Travel in Kenya has given me the office to you. So thank you for that, BCT Travel. I'm the CEO of Agentivity, where we help travel management companies gain insight into and control of their businesses. It's great to see all of you here, and thank you very much for joining us. And I'm your second host here today. My name is Anne. I'm a consultant in the primarily in the aviation industry, and I'm happy to help with any type of consulting you may need. And um, I hand it over to Ash. All right, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you all the important updates in business travel in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. Ash, look at us, hosting from hotspots on phones, from Nairobi, from all over the show, and it's all going fine. And this is crazy because you took a flight this morning uh, and you were delayed by an hour. You still made it. I had no internet over the weekend, as I mentioned earlier, and I'm actually working off of a hotspot right now, which is totally insane. So yes. kudos to uh, the gods of the internet. <laughs> this is working. So um, for those joining us for the first time, the format of this discussion between us is uh, it sort of revolves around a post I do on a Friday uh, where I list industry-related stories that happened in the week. And then we discuss them on here. And ideally, if you want to participate, we get you in and uh, talk about it as well. My first post last week was around the postponement by SAS Scandinavian Airlines about their what the industry was viewing as a, a controversial model, the NDC model that they came up with in consultancy with T2RL. They've postponed that by six months. That post I did about it gained, you know, a lot of comments and, um, you know, remarks, etc., from others. Six months is a long time. It would be interesting to see if they actually push through with that. But, um, yeah, that story raised quite a lot of uh, attention. Is six months just there to make us forget about it and then we don't talk about it again? <laughs> It's strange that there hasn't really been more of a discussion or some mention of plan towards this. Um, yes, I agree. Six months is a very long time and also a very challenging time of the year to launch something. In the world of NDC, when the people say six months, I mean, it's been 10 years. So what's another six months? I think we can wait. <laughs> Yeah, they were saying that they discovered that the market isn't ready for this and there needs more preparation. But, um, you know, I listed quite a lot of reasons why I think that model is going to struggle. And so, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see where this goes. Still in that area of the world, um, we had the sad news that uh, FLIR uh, eventually filed for bankruptcy this week. There were tons and tons of posts about this. Lots of people, you know, saying how much they enjoyed working there and how they're going to miss it, etc. Very interestingly, you know, story here that's developing. We can also see that there's obviously other suppliers that's going to start looking at the staff, etc. It's a sad story, but in my view, slightly inevitable uh, with their approach. And obviously, this caused huge waves in your part of the world. Um, what are your thoughts on that story? 
I think it's so sad from, uh, well, of course it's sad, you know, it's always sad when, when, when an airline goes under. But in this case, and particularly because we were really looking forward to seeing that model work, moving airline, having an offer and order system uh, as a class and, and sort of working along the IATA principles of one order. And so now we're going to hear for what, 10 years, how it doesn't work actually really sad about this myself. I never flew the airline. I didn't, I've never seen any of the airline planes either, but it is definitely sad, like you mentioned, when an airline goes under, but mostly because we talked about it so much on the show and I felt like this was going to be the new uh, way of an airline starting. I mean, they did all the NDC plugins early on as part of the infrastructure. So of course that doesn't guarantee success in the industry, but at the same time, I always felt like uh, this airline was going to go somewhere and I really like the name. So I hope somebody picks up all the pieces and um, tries to re-execute it. I think the general consensus is uh, too far ahead too soon for these guys, right? They 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 had all the the check boxes with NDC. They were working on one order. They were they were really out there with their tech, but it sounds like it was just too too far ahead too soon because they found themselves very much in isolation there, and that hindered their growth. Of course, you know, lots of other challenges there. What I struggled with when I saw this was that it felt like distribution was kind of afterthought. What are we going to do with distribution? And, you know, I mean, there wasn't really an API. It was a bit like very similar to Norse, right? All of a sudden you sort of realize that, oh, we need a strategy for this. Or we need a, you know, we do need GDS distribution or we do need this or whatever. So that I, I didn't think was very well planned at all. I like what you're saying, and because you're saying they did not have GDS distribution because of the attitude towards NDC. They just didn't plan for it. From what I can see as an outsider, they didn't seem to plan for it, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is really critical and, and really important that you yes. you have your distribution strategy really well thought through. And they didn't really gain the corporate buyers that they really wanted, right? So that was a, you know, should have been mm-hmm. bread and butter, but it, it, they didn't get that, right? So No, and I mean, they didn't have the, the APIs or the connectivity mm-hmm. with those agents and, uh, and that could have been planned and, and prepared much earlier. No, and as sad as it is, is this good news for SS? Of course, it's always good news for those who are left, right? And and yep. here we are, um, a, a, you know, market of it's going to be SAS and Norwegian who are going to to fight it out. Um, the rest of the airlines are really peripheral, and then of course you have Finnair in their own market. So uh, when you get rid of a competitor, I guess it's always you know good for the survivors. I have a question on this uh, for you, Anne. So as far as the actual airline was concerned, I saw some graph where they were showing the number of days that the flights flew versus the number of days that it didn't fly. And there seemed to be a lot of hills where where they were flying all the time, and then there were dips where there was. 50% of the flights weren't flying. So was it also part of the process where the customer base was not really able to depend on FLIR all the time? That I really couldn't say. But I mean, they, they were doing all right, I think, for the for the charter destinations or the Southern Europe destinations and doing okay on the weekends. But from what I can see, they, they were struggling during the week. What I don't understand about them was, the, you know, why didn't they go for, why fly to the same destinations as, for instance, Norwegian? That I couldn't really get. You know, why not go after some segments that that are clearly out there? Norwegian are finding new, new segments in the market and uh, go after that. 
Exactly. Yeah, like secondary tertiary markets or something. Exactly. I wonder I wonder exactly. if Scandinavian postponed because of it, FLIR. They were like, here's an airline that was on NDC completely and they didn't survive. Let's postpone our wholesale NDC yes. model. It's an interesting thought because now there is no, yeah, yeah because there's no, there's no NDC with Norwegian, right? So, and now there's no, you know, there is no NDC. So, yeah. It's an interesting thought, Ash. So there's one of many things we, we wonder about uh, SARS. So again, thank you for those familiar faces in the audience. We see Kate just joined. Nice to see you. Martin from GTS. Nice to see you, Ksenia. Um, Mohit, as always. Thank you, guys, for your support. And uh, plenty of new faces. Nice to see you, Roland. Next, nice to see a few other faces I recognize there and uh, new to the show. So thank you very much for joining us today. There was an excellent article from Skiffs by Dennis uh, Skoll, who wrote about what's behind the story at the layoffs at Google and especially around Google Flights. And it was a really, really good article with some, some good research, some good analysis, some uh, further you know, diving into it. And I, I really enjoyed that article. I'm sure so did you, Arsh. Did you, did you go into that? I did. And uh, one of the things that I always found interesting about Google is the fact that the travel industry looks at Google as a total disruptor, right, of every system and everything that we have known as the traditional way that we handle travel. And so we've always looked at Google and with those eyes. And now we are a little bit more aware of some of the reasons why Google does not want to enter the space. Uh, but it's interesting uh, to see that Google actually has a very smart strategy because whoever gets into the travel business to make money. And so Google being a moneymaker knows full well the difference between trying to sell an airline ticket that no one appreciates versus selling advertising, which everybody doesn't have an option of whether they want to actually uh, get advertising or not. So I think that they're smart in the sense that they're putting their money in the right place. Yeah, it's not, it's not a great business to be in, right? So that's pretty much it. Right? Um, and your view on that story from Danish? I think you and I exchanged a few chats about it, right? It was um, Yes, quite, quite yes, we did. Yeah, it was a very, very, very good article. As you know, QPX has uh, the search engine. has. I personally always say that I think it's the best one out there. And it was interesting to see this shift or this shift of focus. Uh, away from it. But I feel that sort of traditional, this sort of interline pricing and all that is going to change. Will it be as complex and relevant? Is this what Google are seeing? Next story was just a brief mention about the Flight Center Travel Group buying a UK luxury tour operator, which is a little bit you know, out of their norm. Uh, they bought Scott Dunn, apparently to get uh, into that sector, specifically with uh, the North American you know, destinations that they serve. Interesting move from my point. Um, and I don't know what you make of it. it. It seems a bit of an odd fit, but maybe a transition to mm. a type of business they want to get into, right? Well, I was going to say, what is it that they don't acquire? I mean, they, they clearly, uh, they really are positioning themselves as a very dominant player in the market. So, yeah. Any thoughts on that story, Ash? Yeah, I think this is very closely related to uh, Trip Actions. I know we're going to talk about them in a little while, but Trip Actions and the purchase of uh, Reed and McKay. All these global TMCs are realizing that they need a aspect to their business that takes care of high-end travelers. And they're probably discovering that a lot of their high-end business travelers are also high-end leisure and luxury travel travelers. So they're connecting the dots here. So yes, they're trying to get into the market. Yes, they have all these goals uh, globally, as uh, Anne, you were mentioning, of purchasing more and more companies. But in this case, I think this has something to do with the Reed and McKay acquisition by uh, TripActions. 
Hmm, I'm not sure I can draw that parallel, Ash, but uh, let's see. The next story was about a new airline, an LCC in Australia that took off last week. Very interesting name. I, I know, Anne, you love the name of their planes. As well. yes. <laughs> I love the name. It just cannot get more Aussie than that. Yes, but you saw you saw Alex there. She's got like real issues with it because it's purple and white and only two of the fingers has got nails on it. And you, can, you can buy budgie <laughs> smugglers on the plane, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the plane names are really bizarre, but, you know, Kudos to this guy who's launched it. He's uh, he only waited 14 years to get his dream, uh, you know, going. So, you know, great for them for doing it. I, I'm sure you would love to go fly on them, right, Anne? I would love to. And they fly to, you know, my airport in <laughs> Australia. But I, this this kind of concept, I mean, I love it when it, this is so Aussie as it gets, right? I mean, I love the names of the planes. And for those, you know, who don't, you know, Bonza is like awesome. And I love it that they've just got Australian brands on board that they sell. And uh, it's it's just such a, a local product. And, and I've always asked myself why those countries who can do that or those airlines who are able to do that to really be local why they don't take more of an advantage of doing that because i think people love it there was a nice post by sid kumar saying uh you know finally qatar airways and airbus kissed and made up and they're going to settle the issues about the paint peeling on the a350s this was a fascinating story for me to watch. You know, I, I travel through Qatar sometimes, and it is interesting to, to just have seen the imaging of those planes grounded and, you know, people, you know, the paint on that looked horrific. And then recently, Airbus actually updated the actual manufacturing process or did something different and practically acknowledged that this was an issue. But yeah, obviously, the case went to the courts, and it was it's great to see that they've actually uh, resolved that and uh, we can move on. So uh, that was that was nice to see. Ash, any thoughts on that story? I'm not really sure what the big deal is about the paint. You want to sit on a plane and see the paint peeling off as you're flying at 40,000 Hey, have you, the kind, the level of stuff that we've seen during the pandemic, this is like the least of our concerns. Uh, I mean, okay. we've had engines flying off of planes. We've had coverings of engines uh, burning as people are uh, on the flight. So a little bit of paint ain't going to uh, do anything. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Paint really? coming off or peeling oh, off I see. plane. No, neither have I. Neither have I. But it looked horrific. No. You saw the photos oh. showing of those uh, A350s. They looked horrific. Oh, my word. Is there yes. some kind of cost-cutting measure not painting it well enough anymore? It's, oh, oh. it's uh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's not Boeing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Airbus. <laughs> <laughs> We have a brand new section we're going to introduce, so let me try that now, um, and I'll explain why, but uh, let's go for it. It is called... Meanwhile! This is just to do with any other stories that sort of propped up that it's not really, you know, just all grouped together in the sort of meanwhile buckets. My first one on that list is just, you know, virtually... By the way, you can't just, you can't just do that and not let us comment on it, because okay, that in itself... You know. is it requires a comment. So, uh, so, so I like it. Um, I think it needs to be a little bit longer next time because, you know, a little bit short. Meanwhile, okay. you know, like okay. we have Space News. Space News, you know, so okay. it should be like, meanwhile. Fine. What do you think, Anne? I think the same as you do, Ash. You know, always, always. Between yeah, my support uh, that. overnight flights to Dubai and Nairobi. Yes, it was, it was challenging, but thank you. No comment. <laughs> Take it further. Okay. Mm. Virgin uh, reinstating its London Shanghai service. 
ironically, that was probably one of the last flights I was on, you know, coming back from Shanghai and Virgin. So that's great to see that that's coming back. And I also saw that British Airways was increasing its frequency to China. So no surprise there. I don't know if there's any comments from you, Anne. Just really good yeah. to see. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I wonder how impacted they are with uh, the distance or not flying. I mean, the Chinese yeah. carriers obviously have an advantage being able to yeah. overfly Russia. Yeah, it's good to see. The weirdest story of the week for me, and this really should have you know, required its own section. I still don't believe this is true. I, I, I find this very hard to believe. But this was about one post I saw. I think it was Matthew from Skift who says that trip actions will rebrand themselves to, and I, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Navan? Navan? Same here. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you think this is well, true? Well, I think it depends on, on what part of the world you live in. You can pronounce oh. it a little differently. Okay. But, Ash, do you think it's true they will be doing this, or is this some sort of hoax? No, this is true. This is uh, backed up with the filing of the U.S. Patent Office that uh, TripActions made with getting this brand and this name in August of 2022. So I wouldn't be surprised. And it's supposed to happen tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So I think we'll know definitely by next week. I think this is uh, the real deal. I don't think that this is a fake uh, story of any kind. Why? Are they doing this? Well, because when you get that much money, you got to do something with it. I mean, you know, you're raising all this money. You know, now you can go and change the logo everywhere. You know, that, that way you can spend some of it. I mean, is there, is there a meaning to this, Navan, that I don't understand? Or is it just uh, because the domain is available? No, I think there's the meaning to this. So now you have Navan Business Travel, Navan Group Travel, Navan Guest Travel, uh, Navan Personal Travel, Payment, okay. Navan Everything. I have an extra story, but before I get to mine, uh, Anne, any extra stories from your side? Gift had another by Dennis, very good article about how travel tech still seems archaic. And he mentions four different brands there uh, that he talks about and experiences uh, that he's had. And I've had very similar experiences. I mean, it's just so, it is archaic. And I think it's good that we are addressing it. And why is it so bad? Yeah, you saw my comments on there. I mean, I'm letting down a few things, but I mean, I quoted the one example where I had to ask the airline for a receipt for an upgrade. <laughs> and yeah. what did they send me? They sent me the the EMD and said, "Yeah, there's our receipt. That's that will that will be fine." And I'm thinking, no, this this can't be right. So yes. Um, <sighs> There's so much. There's so much we have to do. I, I, I'm definitely going to write more about this, and you know, I, I think we all should. We all should be asking these questions. Why? Why? Yes. Do you think good yeah. Enough? We haven't in the past. You know, there's mm. been very, very little. There's almost been. There's been a hesitation, and people have not wanted to call out that this is bad. But I think it's the difference in digital adoption worldwide. Uh, you know, we come back to my old classic. Why is my banking app sexier than my airline app? Right. Yep. And, and you start asking yourself these questions and say, why is it so bad? So, um, Ash, I can't believe that I'm going to do this to you twice in a week, wasn't it? Wasn't it last time I did this as well? Because my extra story is about space news. Can you believe that? So, I'm going to have to uh, bring my A game next week now. This yes, is it. Yes. You have um, now put the challenge down, and I'm going to accept. That's right. So I saw this in a post by my friend Alison Bell in Ireland. She talked about the history that will be made in the Irish space sector. They're launching Ireland's first ever satellite, said one which has been designed and built by academic staff and students at the University College in Dublin. And she, yeah, it's really taking the um, – 
the Irish contribution to the European Space Agency, well, skywards, literally. And uh, she was just commenting on the fact that it's it's really gaining a lot of momentum and that there's a lot of development there in the Irish uh, space business. So that's my extra story of the week. And like I said, Osh, you're going to have to find, <laughs> find something there because you introduced Space News and here I am talking about it. And I was the most skeptical about you know, adding Space News. This shows, you, this shows you how space is really real because now I have one of the, uh, I don't want to say non-believers. It's not like you don't believe in space because it's there, right, Rian? It's uh, obviously we can see it with our <laughs> eyes sometimes. But at the same time, this is actually a great transformation that I'm seeing with you. The reason, the reason, Ash, you convinced me about this, and for those in the audience who find this a bit weird, why are we talking about space when this is a travel discussion here, is that there's a lot of relevance there. And it's, it is where mm-hmm. it's going, and there's going to be a lot of impact you know, on business travel from these developments in space, as I've been learning from Ash. Interesting to see these developments, and I thought, you know, I'd bring that story up because it is good to know about. But it's really lovely to see so many of them. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. And not only to them, but also to you guys. Thank you for joining us. We host this LinkedIn call every Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everybody that you know. And if you enjoyed this session, chances are high that someone else that you know will as well. So please be sure to tell them. If you cannot make it because of time zone or availability on Mondays, you can always catch up on the session on our podcast at businesstravel360.com, or you may search for the podcast by looking at your favorite podcast player. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. 